right, so listen, uh, today I'm talking to a friend who's been here on the show. The last time we were here, we were uh, on the screen, which is not personal, and we have such a personal connection that we're actually matching today. Taylor Bennett. Yo, people are going to look Shit at this. It wasn't planned, yo. I just had to start it off like that. This wasn't planned. This is crazy. We do look like essentially like we could be the you talk to before you go to heaven. But like, if people have been following our relationship. <laughs> this people, is what you did. People have been following our relationship. <laughs> I remember even on Wild and Out when Taylor was there, we get to make our shirts and we get the uh, wardrobe department to type whatever we want on the back. I think I said, I'm in love with Taylor Bennett or something really gay. Uh, because I, I had always been looked at you online as somebody who was you know, a champion for our community, being very openly bisexual, um, and, and not giving a f and being unapologetic, getting the support from mainstream, you know, the support from your brother, Chance. And uh, I admired that, and I feel like when we have platforms, it's important, regardless of where our career goes, to always show up and represent um, for, uh, for our community. Um, how hard was it to find your courage in doing so? Um, it wasn't an easy thing. Like, I didn't come out until I was 21, and I also say, I think, a big difference between me and a lot of other people that do come out. And one of the reasons why I did come out, first of all, um, I was like 21. So when you're 21, you're still finding yourself. But I also had had a decent deal, I feel like, of success prior to 21, like through 18 to 21. So a lot of things in my life were set. Like I had friends around me. I had a stable like kind of situation in terms of where I was living. Like, and of course, and I was saying this yesterday in an interview, when you come out as anything, things change around you. So like, after I did come out, I did a lot of work with homeless youth because a lot of people that are part of the LGBTQ get kicked out their cribs because you lose your crib. You can lose your crib, you can lose your family, you yeah. can lose your friends around you. A lot of different things change. I, and just to be 100% honest, was at a point in my life where I felt like so many things for me wouldn't change um, I think the biggest thing that, of course, is a thought is my career. So like the trajectory, like me being like, yo, I'm openly bisexual, especially being a hip hop artist, could change the looks that I get. And in it Chicago too. I mean, I feel like Chicago, Atlanta, full of gay people. Yeah, but Chicago, <laughs> Atla Atlanta, hey Atlanta. We, <laughs> hey, know, Atlanta. we know we know the gays is in Atlanta, not that everybody's gay, but Chicago, you don't, I, at least on the outside, that's not the narrative or we don't think about there being a big community of gay. What? Yeah. I mean, we know that's you're insane. Hey, Lori, we know the mayor. I mean, yeah, we did. There we go. Like, yeah, I'm glad that you just said like the mayor, like uh, Chicago, we have always had, you know, like um, the pride parade and like so many different things. We have like a black pride parade that is not getting as much support as it should. Shout out to them. Um, in the last recent years, just in my opinion, we can always do more, um, but an amazing event. But we've always had, you know, we have ballroom. Um, I know a lot of different, you know, um, different folks. Like, I think, uh, what's my girl's name? Um, she's going to get mad. So I might not say her name because if I say it wrong. Uh, but let, but let you know Simone? Do you know Simone? Which Simone? Um, Simone Biles. Japanese, what is her no, name? That no. hangs out with Tokyo Styles that does. I know she's coming to Chicago for some ballroom no. shows. No? Okay. Well, that was a shout out right there. So if you see it, <laughs> well, she's come out to Chicago for like ballroom. So we have like a lot of different events and whatnot. Um, and I think there's been a community for sure that's always been visible, but maybe mm -hmm. it's more of something that's like an inner city thing mm -hmm. versus like LA, you just come here and you're like, oh. So, how, so how, how deep into the community did you go though? Because I feel like I've dated bisexual men it's more of like a connection with me or a connection with a man that they're talking to, but they're not like entrenched in the, you know, community. Like they don't go to balls. They don't I go think to a big clubs. thing for me was like, um, and that's why I also like was very fortunate. Um, like in Chicago, again, I've been going to, the Pride Parade is something that is like a universal thing in Chicago. So it's like everybody goes to Pride. Like it doesn't matter if you're gay. So like since I was 13 years old, I've never missed like a Chicago Pride. And oh, like wow. it was a big thing for all of my straight friends to go because there's hella girls. <laughs> and I'm sure that a lot of people have cracked that code that they figured that like, yeah, if you go to a gay bar, you go, like, you wouldn't imagine well, how many chicks there are. Well, the ratios are. I mean, the ratios the ratio in your is, favor, It's yeah. crazy, right. So like a lot of my friends went to that So like growing up, I was seeing a lot of, uh, a lot of different people like uh, Leela Starr, um, shout out to her, who's you know really big in the drag community. Um, Monica B. Hill, shout out to her, that's really big in the drag community. Um, 
there's just so many different people that I've met and like at a young age, you know what I'm saying? And I was able to make different connections. And a lot of those people, uh, even Jason Lee, helped mm -hmm. me to this day to like be in different seats where I have done radio interviews and talked to different folks. And it is a thing where when you're younger, there's a lot of people that see the potential of what you could do. So a lot of people did help me out to get to the place that I'm at now. Mm -hmm. And it was like a lot like that in Chicago. So like, yeah, Pride, um, gay bars in Boys Town. Um, Been to Boys Town once. Yeah, Boys Town is a great place, man. <laughs> you gotta go to, uh, there's amazing, you know, like festivities in Boys Town, but mm -hmm. you really, you wanna go to like Wicker is super crazy. And then downtown, when you get back to Chicago, I'll take you. It's been getting a lot. Wait, so when you, okay, so when you were 13, going to Pride, were you bisexual then? Like, did you know? I wasn't openly bisexual. But did you know you were attracted to? Yeah, of course. Like, I grew up, you know, and I think, like, this new album does a really good job of, um, I think, kind of introducing people to more of what I was involved in or what I loved when I was younger in terms of, like, music and things like that. So, like, I grew up and, like, a lot of my friends were seen, so, like, I went to Skinner School, even though I was from the South Side, even though like I lived in, you know, whatever neighborhood my parents made a way for me to go to this classical school that was on the other side of the city. And I met like all these different white kids that were going through emo phases and I had like a hot topic phase and like, you know, so like a lot of my friends, even I'll never forget my one of my best friends to this day, his name is Thelonious Stokes. I never I'll never forget him. He'll probably get mad for me saying his name. But of course, he is not homophobic because he's my best friend. But I just remember being young, we were like in sixth, fifth grade, and one of my good friends, his name was Alex, and he had just came out as gay, like in sixth grade. Wow. And it was, he wasn't, my friend Thelonious wasn't saying like, I don't think anything that was really that crazy, but it definitely wasn't like an ex inclusive expression of acceptance. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget like just telling him like, yo man, if you can't accept this kid for who he is, then like we can't be friends. Mm. And I think that I've always had those relationships and I've always kind of been fortunate enough to be in a supporting situation and not always be as visible or vulnerable as others. So it was like a thing where I've always felt like my friends definitely been open, bisexual, gay, very young age. So I've always kind of had that comfortability in that zone and I've never wanted to cut that off. And that's probably because I knew, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But like, the, re the reason why I ask the question is because I think there's so many people watching who will look at us as we're both really successful black men. It's not easy to be black and gay, Not meaning not easy once you're out. I think it's not easy in your mind because you think if I come out, I lose everything. If I come out or if I just show up as who I am, I'm not going to be accepted. And I feel like we both have found our own way of being successful. I never lead in sexuality, but the reason why I wanted to kind of lay that out in the forefront is because I think we both have done such a good job of showing people that you really can show up as your true authentic self, have a career, have a family, uh, be very comfortable in your own skin, but there is a journey to get there. So at 13, you know you're bisexual. It takes you eight years to come out. What was your coming out story? Because I don't really have one other than I just, I'm gay. Like I never sat down with family. I never sat down with friends. Well, I think that's like the, and I don't, I don't know exactly like how you came out, but I came out on Twitter. So that was the other advantage. So not only did I have some kind of, I think, stability in terms of like where I was in life, but it was also a thing where I had technology. So like, I didn't tell my dad, I didn't tell my mom, I didn't tell my brother. I literally said it on Twitter and then walked in the house and then told my dad, told my mom, told my brother while we were like in Malibu or Miami for some trip that Chance was on. Um, and yeah, I think it was like a thing where because I had that tool, it made it something where I didn't have to have those conversations like a lot of other people do or still do. And then also, again, which this isn't everybody's situation, I was thinking all these different things. I'm like, wow, you got all these reasons that you could come out and you could, you know, kind of be this person. Don't let the idea of, you know, I had money. You know what I'm saying? Again, like I'm not, I have more money now and I wasn't super rich, but it wasn't like, again, I wasn't a kid. Like, and that's why, again, I did a lot of work with the homeless youth, because a lot of kids lose their cribs. Like, mm -hmm. I grew up with different kids that were sleeping on the train and maybe not even telling me because they had been kicked out their crib. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, technology, man, you know, it's a... Well, it goes to show, like, coming out doesn't mean sitting down in a circle with your family holding hands and then, like, yeah. crying together. You, you chose social media, which is very public. 
Definitely. Um, what was the courage? Because I just think people watching and that are learning more about you and learning more about us, I mean, their own selves, like, what, what, what did it take to build the courage to do that? Was it just a it moment or was it a self-love and self-acceptance moment or both? Um, yeah, I think it was like, I think it was a little bit of both. Like, you know, I think the biggest thing was that I was about to be 21. So it was just like a space and a time where God, I think, kind of tapped me on the shoulder. And no pun intended, like, you were coming of age. <laughs> Seriously, though. Yeah. And that's what this project is like, a coming of age at so many different points at crossroads in your life. College, sexuality, job choice, entrepreneur, or going to work for someone, like all those things. Um, and yeah, man, I think honestly, like seriously, I think God just had kind of leaned in that day and then also sheltered me. Because I was just on a hip hop interview yesterday and something they were saying was the thing that they liked the most about my story. And it's something that I didn't really think about until damn near dude said it yesterday. He was like, you came out as openly bisexual and nobody gave a And he was like, I've never seen that happen. Like I've never, and that, that's, I feel like God really has been covering me and has been kind of showing me if there's a will to work that he could take me places. Mm -hmm. And I also learned that a lot from you. Mm -hmm. Like I talk about you all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's actually crazy. I almost texted you the other day because I was going to say, if you text one more person and tell them to say your name, I was doing a Forbes interview. I don't think you told them to say your name. I was doing a Forbes interview and the lady asked me this last week. She's like, and I know that like you and Jason Lee like have like a great relationship. And I saw that like you guys have been getting fit. And like, and it was just a thing where it was like, you're just on this path mm -hmm. and like, I feel you and I respect it. Mm -hmm. And again, you helped me get on wild and now you help me. It's like, I've had these other people that also see some version of themselves in me mm -hmm. that are helping me. And like, that sh can make me tear up very emotionally. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So thank you, man. I appreciate that. Look, I got, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we're not gonna get emotional. Quarantine has made shopping online a hobby. I mean, I love getting new items shipped to my door with a click of a button. Everything from shoes, clothes, and even mattresses. Because who doesn't love getting a good night's rest, right? We all know how important sleep is to our overall health and wellness, right? Well, I'm excited to tell you about our next sponsor, GhostBed. We love their products and can't wait to tell you more about the best beds in the game. I think I've got the best sleep with GhostBed, actually. And before making the switch from other mattresses, I don't think I was able to get a healthy full night's rest. You know, the kind where you wake up feeling refreshed, no insomnia, no sluggish feeling. Let me tell you, GhostBed is made in the USA by Nature Sleep, an industry leader in the mattresses space since 2001. And it's a family-oriented business. Every product from the mattress to their sheets and pillows is designed with cooling features so it's perfect if you sleep warm, which I do, most people do. Shipping is free and fast, 24 hours fast. And you even get an industry-leading warranty up to 25 years, two times the industry standard. Plus, there's easy financing on mattresses with rates starting at just $35 a month. GhostBed offers $0 down and 0% APR financing. So yes, you can buy a mattress for like $35 a month and they're giving you 101 nights to try out their mattresses. And if you don't like it, you can return it and get your money back. No problem. Right now, GhostBed is having a flash sale and you don't want to miss out on their award-winning products. So to ND your perfect mattress, check out ghostbed.com unlock. Right now, GhostBed is offering our listeners 40% off GhostBed bundles where you can get a mattress and adjustable base or 30% off site-wide. That is 30% off all mattresses plus two luxury pillows. Use promo code UNLOCKED at ghostbed.com UNLOCKED. Hurry, take advantage of these savings. That's ghostbed.com UNLOCKED and use the promo code UNLOCKED. Because, so, you know, you have been a, a really good friend. Uh, we, you know, it started out with me having a crush on Taylor. I ain't gonna lie. You know, he's in a relationship. He got kids. Uh, he got a whole family. But at first I was like, I'm gonna go to Chicago and snatch Taylor up. But, you know, <laughs> then I realized that after rejection, moment after moment, oh and it wasn't really gosh. rejection, it was the fact it wasn't that, rejection. The fact that you were in a whole relationship, you. you know. And I remember when I, when I went to wardrobe, I go, put I love Taylor Ben on my sweater. They were like, you know, his, his baby mom is here. I was like, Kayla's the homie, she cool, we cool, you know. Not that we're in any type of threesome. Okay, so Taylor, Look at no, this but, man. But I do want to say- We I, are not. I do want to say, <laughs> unfortunately. I do want to say though, you know, publicly, I, you know, I've had to get to a path of accepting love from people because what I went through, it wasn't easy. 
and, and, and you've helped me with that, Tiffany Haddish has helped me with that, but more so like you've consistently given me my flowers on stuff that has nothing to do with you. Like if you see an accomplishment of mine, you'll make sure to reach out and, and tell me. And we don't do that enough. And I feel like we as a people need to stop not wanting to celebrate other people's victories because it has nothing to do with us. You 100%. Know? And I, that, that just comes from what? Loving the community, loving people. I think it really comes from, um, it comes from my dad. So shout out to my dad, Ken Bennett, senior advisor, chief of staff for me and my brother's organizations. Uh, Bennett's independent, you know, family mm -hmm. business. He's always taught me about balance. And one thing that he really taught me, and it's also something that Jay-Z taught me, it's one of my favorite lines is anybody could buy the g5 i got anybody could buy the car i got nobody could buy the friends that i have mm. and i watched my dad whether it was working for obama or when he was working in the streets and sands like um you know city work and stuff there were always these different relationships with different folks that he had like everybody from the janitor to the um garbage man to the bus boys at restaurants to the managers it's like he knew every single person in the building and he also made sure that there was an understanding with all of those folks that he saw them in the same level. Like, even though we were all having different jobs, even if it wasn't his path, even if it was somebody that he might feel like had nothing to do with what he was doing, he made sure to let those people know that he respected them. And then throughout his career in different points of his life, whether he was living in DC, working for Barack Obama, and he was trying to figure out, you know, I was still watching him those moments. Like there's these moments that you can take advantage of. They're worth more than any deal that you can get, any, because behind, and I've been saying this a lot too, behind every musician, behind every athlete, every actor, there's a community of people. There's grandmothers, grandfathers, sons, daughters, nieces, nephews, brothers and sisters. and when you start to actually engage with those folks and you start to actually engage with the community and then people realize that you're someone of the people, a man of the people and not just a man with power. And I think a lot of people want power, but then you kind of start to realize that the power that you already have is in the people mm -hmm. and in the movement of people. Yeah, and the influence the, that you can build with those people. The influence you can build with those people, but then also the things that you can change, the mm -hmm. communities, the lives that you can change in a real way, mm -hmm. further than any rap song or any interview or any movie can, can do. You can actually change things in real time. And I think a lot of times when we look at TV and we look at these places, we would rather spend 30 minutes watching a TV show than actually rebuilding the community that mm -hmm, we live in. Mm -hmm. Even if the TV show is about destroying the community that looks similar to yours. But this is where I want to you know give you and your brother Chance a lot of uh, credit. Um, well, first I have to say, just I'm looking at you in your face. He's so good looking, it's hard to look at Oh my at God, you. get the okay, sorry. <laughs> I had, had to slide that in there. He is good looking. You know what? You and your family have the strongest genes. We I do. It's I like mean, crazy. from you, Chance, Charlie, Chance's kids. Whose gene? Is that dad's gene, mom's gene, a combo? You know what's crazy? I think alike. it's like a combo because it's like, I look a lot like my mom, but my brother looks a lot like my dad. Yeah. People always have said that. So it's like, it's so crazy that our kids do all look so they, much alike. They all look like, alike. It's like they could all just be <laughs> brothers and sisters. Yeah. <laughs> like, but, but I want to give you guys credit when you talk about, I just had to throw it out there, but community. I remember going to Chicago with Tiffany. We were all courtside at the All-Star game. Yeah. That's, I actually fell in love with basketball because I seen all these finance. Remember when you down. were saying that when you were coming there? Oh, I got my drink and I was going crazy, for, man. I was, I was on that <laughs> court. Crazy, make, man. I was networking. I'm like, yeah, I don't know what team you play for, but I'm pulling up Timberwolves. Okay. No, but I was watching you and your brother during the game a lot. Um, and I was looking at the pride you all had in having All Star in Chicago. I thought your brother, Common, everybody, you, everybody who participated, Barack, in the creation of All-Star, I think man. really brought the life of what Chicago is together. I felt it, whether it was at a party or, uh, or at a, a restaurant or just walking through the arena, the pride, the performances. The, I thought it was so perfectly curated, but I was watching you guys, and you guys had so much pride. Where does that pride for Chicago come from? Because that was different. Like, L.A., you know, people out here, we, we prideful, we sit there, we may wear Lakers or, you know, L.A., but the energy was very different in Chicago. Well, you know what? I think it's also a thing where, and that also goes back to my father, because, again, he's always been very um, 
hands-on in the community. Like, and I mean, even to this day, like when garbage cans go missing, like in my neighborhood on 79th still, people call my dad. They'll probably call him today and say, hey, Mr. Bennett, I just went outside and I don't know what's going on, my garbage can is missing. My dad will make 20 calls and get a garbage can there by that night. Mm -hmm. So first of all, for Chicago, shout out to the All-Star game, we needed that. Mm -hmm. Like we really needed it. And not so much again as something, because it was helpful in terms of money and the things that they brought, but as an inspiration. As and the narrative, right? It's a narrative. It's something that people got to see. Like how many kids got to see, you know, these different athletes or these different, all kinds of different folks that were kind of just coming out and being a representation for success. So you're the second uh, Chicago uh, All-Star I've had here in the studio. The first one was Kanye West. Ah, um, there we know, go. I'm working with Ye now. He's from Chicago. Has yes. a lot of Chicago Congratulations. Pride. Thank man. you. I see you and um, your brother supporting him a lot. Of course, and, always. And, and, I, and I always find it odd how people code switch based on what the public narrative is when it comes to him. Yeah, um, there's nobody like Kanye. So what do you think the public's issue is with Kanye? Well, you wanna know something? And I'll, I was just thinking about this the other day because you know, the album that I have, it deals a lot with stereotypes, right? So like the there's a lot of, the album Coming of Age yeah. just dropped, that yeah. just came, it's all about genre bending, but also stereotypes because there's a lot of different things that we've seen since the earliest days of American cinema. Like the first, and I talk about it on my project, D.W. Griffith, he's the guy that made A Birth of a Nation. Mm -hmm. So like the oldest film, first film to be showed by Woodrow Wilson in the White House depicts African-Americans as very similar to what we are also depicted as today, which is like thieves, criminals, um, you know, extremely sex-driven, like all these different kind of stereotypes that are really stuck there. And basically just saying to cut it short, I think the goal or one of the goals of it was to verify the need for the Ku Klux Klan after the release of slaves in America, mm -hmm. um, which a lot of folks feel like they just became the police, the overseers, right? Um, and the 13th Amendment breaks it all down in a way that yeah, like, if you haven't if seen you it. commit, if you're a criminal, they could put you in jail. Yeah. So there's so many things, but just to say that, bring it back to Kanye West now. Kanye West, and the reason why he'll always be so influential is because there's a lack of representation when it comes to strong African-American role models, period. So no matter what anybody says about Kanye West, there'll always be young black kids like me that looked up on TV and said, I've never seen a black man talk like that. Mm -hmm. I've never seen a black man feel like he isn't owed, but that he deserves this mm -hmm. and that he won't let anyone take it away from him. I've never seen a black person that controls his narrative in the way that he does mm -hmm. and doesn't allow people to change what his thought process is, whether it be wrong or right. However, I've seen a lot of white men that do that on TV. And get away with it not just get away with it, embrace it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So but why has the black culture bought into the cancellation of black people when we step out and do what white people do? The same reason why we be voting for certain presidents and certain people, you know what I'm saying? Like in the last like four or five years, you know, um, and I love my folks um, over there at this particular radio station. Um, and I haven't done my As long as it's not High 97, please. And I haven't done my interview yet, so I'm not gonna even say which okay. station it is. Um, but you know, Bernie Sanders goes on there, says something, Hillary Clinton's like, I got hot sauce in my bag. Joe Biden's like, if you don't vote for me, then you're not black. Mm. And they all go on the same you network, been on the, on the same yet? show. I said for this press run. Okay. And I didn't say that, you said that. <laughs> just to clarify again, but just saying that being an independent artist, and you know this as an independent entrepreneur, we all do public relations. We all have yeah. to have PR. We all understand that there's certain moments that you engage with particular crowds or masses of people based off the network or the station that you're listening to or that you're on. Um, so I say that to say that a lot of times we're solicited or marketed to and we don't even realize that oh, we're being marketed. People don't understand to. how the media is built around really cultivating their audience, building their audience. And that's where I think I don't, I'm not the most popular because I literally say and think what the f I want and feel for the culture. So it's not driven by a corporation. You know why you're good for Kanye West? Because <laughs> you guys have two very similar things going on. Yeah. Where the truth is that people don't like you because you say the things that they want. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you've ever thought about that. That's our conversation. That's, that's and, it. And the appreciation that we're not yes men. So he's going to say things. I'm going to go, nope, don't agree with that. And I'm going to say things that he says, nope, that's whack. 
and, that's and conversation, we can still respect though, each other. And you still respect each yeah. other. And you were just saying that. I think something else tr very true when you said we do need to show more love, but what we really need to get better at is being able to show tough love. Mm -hmm. Because I think it's a thing where we already glow everybody up. That's mm -hmm. the whole thing is like, oh yeah, you killing it, blah, 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 blah. You know, like, there's even an idea, and I'm gonna say this, like a lot of these conversations, they uh, you know, stem much further than just the African-American community, just like period. Like it's harder for us as a people to tell people things or matter of fact, how about this? We feel like it's love to glow somebody up when they might not be doing something correctly rather than to show them how to correctly do it. We also have to stop saying we love Kanye West when the white people releases sneakers or a clothing product or a white owned label drops an album, but he gives his free black thought. And I think that it's yeah. easy to embrace commercialism and there oh my go. God, you're giving me something fly to wear, so I love you versus like, I just love the fact that you're not you're a free man with free thought, and I don't have to agree, but the fact that you have the power as a black man in right. white society to say it, I gotta respect you for that. Like, I don't feel like we do enough of that, and it's very frustrating. Well, I think that it's also a thing, and you, you know this is like, and it's also because of you being an independent entrepreneur and me being an independent artist, I'm still a person. Mm -hmm. So like, it's like every day, when I leave here, I'm gonna call an Uber. I'm gonna go to a gas station and buy some jewel pods. Like, I'm gonna find a vape. I'm gonna find a vape. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna go buy some weed. Like, I'm gonna go maybe to In N Out or go get food somewhere else. Just saying, like, all these things to say that we are normal people. And I think something that the industry, because it's the two different parts there's music industry, movie industry, athletic industry, but the industry creates a box. And it is one of the ways that they launch people into stardom and success around, um, or how about this? They isolate their artists. So it's like, if you're gonna be famous, you can't be everywhere. Like, I remember a big thing you were talking to Kanye about is that he didn't have security at one point. He walked here by himself, took an Uber, no He security. came to Chicago like two years ago and did the same thing. He yeah. was in the hood with us by himself, no yeah. security guards. I know people have seen those videos. So it's like, people feel like you shouldn't do those things because there's an industry that's made it uncommon for an independent entrepreneur, independent artist, or independent free thought. And if you're in this world or in this realm, then why would you even want that? But there is also a safety component because there is the Nipsey Hustle experience too, right? Like, Of course, you know and I mean? shout out to Nipsey Hustle, yeah. one of the greatest artists of all time. Um, but I would also say like this, you know, one of my biggest thoughts, and I was, you know, I'm probably, I might have to get security after this, but I've never had security. Mm -hmm. um, I know you know me for a long time, never had security in Chicago, outside of Chicago, I go overseas, I don't give a And the reason why, and Chris Rock talked about it, when there's a joke that he has where he talks Before about- Before he got slapped or after, because this is he, may um, need he didn't have security at the Oscars. Come on, man, Chris Rock just redeemed himself. He's all the Dave Chappelle. He, he did, just went crazy. We're not going to play mean, with Chris. He didn't have security tonight at Oscars. I don't know if the, you know. But go he ahead. stood his ground, though. Like, and I mean, he I had think, to stand his ground. He got the nah, I'm going to tell you, I don't know if I could have stood my ground oh, from that. Taylor. Because that, that, when I say all, stand my ground, I mean he didn't fall to the ground. Like, Taylor, I literally if, mean that. If that would have happened to us, if it would have happened to you, I would have ran up on stage. We had a Wood Wheels ass. If it would have happened to me, I'd have been looking around. Whoever didn't come up on stage to Wood Wheels ass. It's <laughs> getting their ass whooped yeah, after the after party. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, so check this out. Chris Rock said this thing. He talked about being black famous. He was like, I'm black famous, right? So he's like, you got to be three feet or five feet away from me. You got to have like a camera out and I got to have a big ass security guard next to me for you to know that it's me. He's like, when you're white famous, he's like, there's a difference. But basically he was just saying that being black famous, and I think it's very true. And I thought about it when I was younger, is like how many like wealthy entrepreneurs, like multimillionaires, whether they be from any ethnic or different cultural background. Steve Stout's not popping up with tons of security. He's not. And yes. Steve Stout is like one of my mentors. And, and, I, that wealth, just, and, and I'm not even trying people. to keep, yeah. I think, you know, Steve, he's, you know. I mean, you do post Stout. United Masters <laughs> enough. So like there's a love and relationship yeah. there. So, so well, it's so much love that I'm like, please, you know, <laughs> like I'm like, Steve does have security. That was my first love. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> um, but no, but seriously though, he talks about this concept and there's so many different people that I've watched when I was growing up that I can't think about that aren't black that have security. And I think that a lot of those things do stem from the perpetuation of violence 
media-wise with African-Americans. Like, I live in Chicago, so I've seen the over-perpetuation of even our city and our culture and how they've made, you know, children out to be terrorists. Let me, I want to jump back to Kanye real quick because he is so vocal, you're so vocal. Um, you're, you and your brother, your family, um, was being independent important so you could have free thought and free speech and to move the way you want? That's, that's one question. Let me start with that. Is that why you all are independent? I think a big thing uh, is that, Ownership. you know, my family, we don't really trust a lot of people. So you can tell us so many different things about what you're going to do and how you're going to get these done. And I've almost learned at this point in the business at, you know, 26, that's almost all the industry is, is people saying, I could do this, I could do that. And who talks the best game based off of the representation or the historic catalog of people that they've worked with, right? Um, but growing up, I'll just be honest, I didn't know all these things. But what I did know is that I didn't want to leave the trust or, you know, my career in the hands of, you know, any of these guys walking around in these suits, you know, and making the decisions very similar. We've talked about this as well to your situation and where you are with your career and your business, where you weren't going to allow somebody to buy your company from you. You weren't going to allow somebody to decide, I'm going to kick you off your show and your show going to keep going. Like, and I watched you fight for other people through those situations. I've seen you prior to this situation figuring out. And the other thing is that if you're good, the career will take off, but you have to be patient and you have to be willing to go through the I process. I think patience was like, the God, biggest lesson you. as an independent business owner that you, it, it's the biggest lesson you're going to learn. Because you're, and this is the big thing, and I was telling people, if you're building a pyramid and everybody else is building kingdoms, of course they're going to finish before you. Mm. Like if you're trying to build something, and that is where I feel like I am in my career because I have been making music for a long time, but just with this project, I'm starting to see all this success and all these things mm. happen. But I also know people that I saw, like while I was started, they were like, zoom, they went up there. And now I'm like, where are they? But I got to give you, I got to give you your flowers on another thing too, because your humility and the process of building your own brand, you also were managing Chance yeah, also. I and still manage it. Yeah. But the fact that like- I was just on a call. This is what I love about <laughs> both of you, besides the fact that we never work together and you know, I, I'm not going to trash you right here publicly. <laughs> because I love you. But um, I love the fact that you have your own brand, you have your own merch, your own movement, like the Be Yourself movement, it's not merch. Like one, one thing I learned in building my merch, because I used to have merch and I'd put it out and nobody would buy it or they'd buy it here and there. But then once I yeah. created a movement around a certain part of my brand and then gave them product, they, it, they felt like it was a pe they had a piece of it. Yeah. When you did the Be Yourself campaign, I was so inspired by it because you, first of all, the first time you did something uh, and you had those underwear on <laughs> and you were not in shape yeah. that takes a lot of courage because you yeah. ain't never going to see that with me now i will be sucked and tucked from top to you bottom hilarious. so that was one but the second part was like how humble you were like you built the movement you built your fans you got your music you got your own career then chance is chance the rapper but he's also bro and then the father i remember being with you guys at jimmy kimmel watching yes. your relationship and then like, you know, seeing how supportive you were with him trying to figure out solutions to certain needs that he had. What is the humility uh, in being like Chance the Rapper's brother, but Taylor Bennett and being okay and solid in building your own career, but humble enough to go and help him with his? Um, I think it's just a thing where it's like, I'll just say it, you know, this industry, when I was first coming up and I would go into these labels and I'd be looking for like, possibly a deal, but like really money. That's what I'm looking for. The walls, and I'll never forget, it like made me feel small. Like it's like you walk in there and they have these big screen TVs with the artists they've signed and everybody is like 50, 75 people working in this big ass office. And then you go upstairs and you go into this private room. They make you sit in this chair. There's like four chairs there because it could be one artist or it could be a band. And it's like I'm sitting there by myself or with one of my managers the same age. And I'll never forget those buildings made me feel small. Mm -hmm. um, and as I got older, those walls just started to get more and more and more and more hollow. And now they're like styrofoam cups. Mm -hmm. Like it's like I could just walk through and just tear through because what I started to see was not only are they repetitive in terms of the process and how they think about business, but they also have no care for our communities. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of ways and a lot of times, they've teamed up with different corporations and giants 
to perpetuate, you know, the negativity and the stereotypes and the things that you see. And I think that the same thing, and this is why my brother is such a huge fan of Kanye West as well, the similarities between Chance and Kanye West is that they are going to be there for the community, they're gonna love the community, they're going to do things that maybe make the community question like, where are we going? What's the direction that this is headed in? But no matter what, they'll always be a part of the community. Mm -hmm. And there's certain levels of business, certain levels of creation that they might not even experiment with because they love the community so much. And I think that when it comes to my brother, a big thing about it is he's, his brand, he's such a positive person and he's always been on the right side of things. And it's just like a hard, as anybody in the world, especially like with me, like with the Be Yourself brand, it's hard for anybody to feel at some point like, okay, you're this huge giant, let's try to knock you down. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like that, it's just like, and that's the truth. Now the difference and the reason why I was also so willing to engage with my brother in his business is because I see, and that is one of the gifts that God has given me, I see the potential in almost everything and everybody that I talk to. And what Chance represents for not just the African-American community, but for artists, for independence, it's something that is timeless, something that's generational. Like people, he's already won three Grammys. Mm -hmm. Like there's things that you can't take away from him, but there's also things that because he's been awarded them, now there's an expectation. Um, and I do understand that very well because similar for me, once I came out as the LGBTQ, Taylor Bennett, there's expectations for me mm -hmm. in my career and things that I do feel like I have a responsibility to handle. And it's wait, not always wait, easy. Pause right there because I'm going to ask you a question. When Lil Nas X first came out, I think I used to send you all the time at the end. You used to always criticize stuff him. all the time. I used, used to, to always be like, look, Jay. No, I used to criticize <laughs> him because I felt Chill. like it was mainstream commercializing the LGBT process, right? Like, let's just make him look gay. Because it wasn't it wasn't clear that he was gay. It was like he's was, definitely gay no, now. No, he's right? gay now. So and, wait, just wait, to wait, clarify wait, wait, though, Jay, wait, wait, he is gay. No, right? he's gay now. Okay, I'm I glad mean, that we've said because I've never heard him say that. No, so this the way is a big, he grabbed me a couple weeks ago. Oh, he grabbed you? You said a couple nights ago? A couple weeks ago. Get the <laughs> the way he grabbed me, you know, and I've never looked at Lil Nas X Yo, like, like, I'm no, done. I never looked That's because he's been working out. He's just that always, body is that, that, that body is it, right. right. And look, let me. I'm gonna be myself right now. Look, yeah, when I saw him and he grabbed me, I said, "Okay, I, yeah, yeah." I never thought like I would take Lil Nas X down. I probably would do it, but look, nonetheless, when he first came out, right, I was very critical of him, and I would send you stuff because I felt like at the time we never saw a mainstream black gay artist cross over, be embraced by mainstream. Yes. And so we, I didn't know if it was a marketing thing or whatever, but once I was able to really pay attention to what he was doing, yeah. I then went from a critic to being a cheerleader because yes. he's knocking doors down and putting it in your face, what yes. you've been putting in our face for years and forcing the conversation of, what am I doing? I'm doing what y'all doing. What do you think about his movement when you look at it? Um, I love Lil Nas X's movement. Um, I think that he is an inspiration for expression, um, for acceptance, um, for bravery. I think he, musically, and this is where I'm so glad the conversation has been going because the truth is like, and you know this Jay, you could say anything or you could do anything, but if it's a stunt eventually because we are in the entertainment business, it's gonna bite you in the ass. Lil Nas X is a dope ass musician. Yeah. And he's been a dope ass musician. Like since uh like Panini, I used to play Panini in my crib like probably like 30 times like in a day. Mm -hmm. Like and there was always this conversation that I think was so surrounding his career in terms of his sexuality that it was even, you know, even though and shout out to him, he was still getting platinum records. I think there was still and even to this point people don't know how good he is mm -hmm. like and he's so f good as mm -hmm. a musician and that's why he's still here so I enjoy his records I enjoy his music and I'm glad to see at this point that with the Montero tour that he's about to do people are actually tapping in and saying wow this kid is this great and that's a big reason why I came out as well 
is because success is one by your own definition, but it's also not something that's designed or designated by your sexuality. Right. So I'm really proud of him and what he's doing right but now. But I think so. it's because of artists like you, artists like him, artists like Frank Ocean, you know, who've been able to allow the raw talent and just the, the confidence in that talent to come through. What do you think it's gonna take for the Saucy Santanas who are up next, or you know the TDE artist who was recently outed um, online to get that same confidence to keep pushing through? Um, I don't know too much about the Isaiah Rashad situation. Isaiah is like one of my really good friends. He was one of the first artists to really support me, um, you know, like on Twitter, on Instagram, and just all types of stuff. So shout out to him. So I don't really know too much about that city, uh, so I can't really say. But what I will say about the Saucy Santana is he's already blowing up. Mm -hmm. Like Saucy Santana, I know who Saucy Santana is. People outside know who they are. But I do think that, you know, no matter what your sexuality is, no matter, it's again, it's all about the music. So I think he's seeing a lot of success because he has really great music. Mm -hmm. His music videos have great concepts. Mm -hmm. um, his shows are super duper cracking. Like he makes the moment, Saucy Santana, whenever he's there. Um, so I think that for him to, I guess, go mainstream, he just has to keep doing what he's doing. Like I know there's, again, it's a music industry. So there are people, no matter if there's certain people that are like, oh, I don't really like this. There's people that are counting the streams and the numbers that he's doing that are saying, this looks like a good investment. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's his plan to stay independent or do what he does, but somebody has to see that, you know, he's definitely a great investment, um, you know, musically. Well, I'm sitting here talking to you and realizing that you're a Capricorn and you guys are typically so toxic and you're just not that. You know, well, you want to know something? I'm a cusp baby. Okay. So I'm, my birthday is January 19th, so I'm a Capricorn okay. and an Aquarius. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean more towards Aquarius because I have this thing where I don't <laughs> date or really try to get too close to Capricorns. I'm traumatized. Oh, wow. Very my triggered. dad's a Capricorn. I'm a Capricorn. Yeah, I'm very triggered. Um, triggered. Okay, so your kids, uh, Blake and Charlie. So how does it feel now to be a dad of two? Um, it's a big difference. I'll tell you the biggest difference is being a child of to you. Mm -hmm. It's funny because I guess, especially when you're the little brother, people just feel like it's just like, oh, you just have another kid now. Mm -hmm. Like he's got two kids. Like, yeah, so you have two kids and it's like, they're both two different people mm -hmm. and they both need the same amount of time. Like mm -hmm. they both need the same amount of love. And your and kids seem to have a lot of energy. Oh my gosh. My kids have so much energy. They're very determined. Like they're a lot like their dad and their uncle where it's a thing if they want something, they're gonna figure out how to get it. Um, and that's something that I've had to learn. You don't wanna break that. So it's not something that you wanna go in and be like, no, I already told you, you can't have these Oreos. You just went in the kitchen, you got these Oreos. It's like you have to figure out like sometimes what is the best logic around it. So maybe it's like, hey buddy, I told you that you couldn't have those Oreos. You went in there, you got the Oreos anyway. One more Oreo and now you have to go lay down. But it's also like a thing where it's like, okay, because you did this, there's a consequence because there's always a repercussion of whatever action you have in life. However, I do understand and do think it's a valuable lesson and life hack to know that if there's something that you wanna get, there's always other ways to go around and get it. Mm -hmm. But it is about how you do it and they do always come with a repercussion. Do you ask your dad for advice? Of course, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, my dad is the most successful man I know. So in terms of balance, like he's always had health, he's always had family, he's always been able to figure out jobs to resource, you know, the money that we would need that he could use as a tool to help us with the things around like family, house, environment. Um, so, you know, my dad is the most successful person I know and that all comes from his balance of things. So. Not only do I ask my dad business-wise what's going on, I always am reaching out to him and trying to figure out, especially from a family perspective or value, what I should be doing. And he was just expressing to me how important it was for me to be with Charlie when he's one and when he's three in the times and the spaces that I can be and not just be out here trying to, because you gotta do it for somebody. Mm -hmm. You could give it to God, but you have to do it for somebody, you know what I'm saying? And if you're not spending the time, then what's the point of doing what you're doing? And who is it really for, mm. you know? Your mom and dad, they're still together? Yeah. 
So what, do you think that that's the reason why you and your brother are raised so family oriented and so, because um, 26, I mean, I was successful, yeah. but I don't think I was this put together. Oh, wow. Thank you. Um, I think that, um, I think so. Yeah. Um, because, you know, there's a point or there's a situation where it's like I grew up and I got to see how being in the household with my mother and my father, like my mom taught me a lot of things, not just about myself, but also respect and how to value people and how to be kind, you know, like there's like a lot of different. So having both of those different things, I know it made a huge difference, not just seeing my mom, but also seeing my dad waking up like and I do believe that there's a level of um, family rhetoric that you can learn being in, but at the same time, like everybody shouldn't be together. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think that's something else that I also learned as well is that if you can't make things work, and I saw that with my family, with my mom and with my dad, where they've had situations throughout my childhood where it's like, is this gonna work? Okay, it'll work because we've had a conversation and we've come to a cohesive understanding that this is how we're gonna move forward. Mm -hmm. And that's how relationships should work, no matter if they're business, if they're with your partner, you should be able to express yourself and come to an understanding so that you can move together and grow, mm -hmm. you know? So the, the new single, Fall Short, what, talk about that. So yeah, the new single, Fall Short, um, first of all, I think what's really dope about the whole project is that there's no samples. So I haven't done any samples since 2014. It's all live instrumentation. Um, and this project also went back to a lot of music I grew up that I loved, like, Madden Kim, The Plain White Tees, um, these different kind of outlets that were giving me a supply because I lack the demand. So it was like, I'm finding these different folks like on MTV, on like VH1.com and like these different spaces. And they were kind of just giving me um, this understanding of an environment or a world that I didn't know really existed. So it falls short and with this project, I just really wanted to get to a space where I could create music that not only displayed how I felt in the moment, that was open, that was vulnerable, but also creating music that was seen as timeless or seen as something that other people could relate to. So Fall Short really has to do with relationships and the idea that we all want either privacy or we'll always want, as Miss um, Curry said, you know, just compliments. Like, it's like a thing where it's like, just because you are in a relationship or you are taken, both sides of us will always want some kind of an outside. Um, and I think it might be gratification. Mm -hmm. um, or validation. Validation. You know what I'm saying? And I think that that's something that we often get into relationships and then we start to miss. And I think the idea about fall short is that it's normal to have those feelings and it's something that should be expressed. And it's also something that we all worry about losing that one person that we love so much. Mm -hmm. Like it's a, it's a mental thing. Mm -hmm. And um, that's the whole video is a big part of creating that as well is you wake up, it's like I have a bomb on my neck and I'm trying to find this girl and then you finally find her and then she takes you out and then you wake up and all good and that's like everyday relationship vibes mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying it's like am i gonna lose this person is this person talking to somebody is this happening but it's like you're really battling your subconscious because most of the time that person loves you more than anything and the happiest that they are when they're in a bed with you mm -hmm. that's the safest and most comfortable they feel mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and i wanted to express that because it's something that i've definitely had through relationships and it's also something I think like is very common to relate with other folks. And I try to create those moments when I can, because I think that it is something that we need to have more conversation mm -hmm. about, you know, more open about. So. so coming of age, what has been the greatest lesson so far with you coming of age? Um, in terms of the project or just in life? Life. Um, I think the biggest lesson is that I'm still coming of age. Um, the reason why the cover art is the way that it is, is because on the left side, it's a representation of somebody that has a great understanding of what they're gonna do. And then the right side is another picture of me. I don't have my shirt on and I have really no idea what's going on. And I feel like very often in life, my dad taught me there's crossroads. And a lot of times people say, you always have two options. 
most of the time, in my experience, one option is extremely clear, and then the other option, you don't even know. It's like, I could be, uh, uh, go to college and work for somebody, or I could be an independent entrepreneur and risk every day, like on what I'm doing and like not really have a guideline or a set. And every day I'm putting in this additional work just to try to, but at the end of the day, it's worth it. Mm -hmm. So, you know. But that's like life. Like, I feel like life is is such an evolving experience that even when you are coming of age, there's different ages, right? Like you go through, you're going through your 20s. God bless the 20s. I'm so glad to be in my 40s. Like I'm, I'm coming, but I'm still coming of age. I'm yes. turning 45, and I'm. I feel like I'm. And look at you. I feel like look at your life, and that's something that's so important. You are always growing. Yeah. Every day. But I think we all are, and I think for yes. a lot of younger people, maybe younger people that you all are mentoring that you see, like everybody feels like they need to figure everything out right where they are, and it's just like figure out what you need to figure out for that moment, but then yeah. keep, you know, eyes wide open as you move forward and come of age. No, 100%. All right, coming of age is out. Get the album. Um, every, get everything uh, Taylor Bennett. I can't wait to get my Be Yourself campaign sweater. I'm I about actually, to send you a whole box. I think he said shit. that before. I'll give him my address. Give me your address um, again. You keep moving locations. Stop getting oh, so no, much no, money. No, 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 That was when I was a foster kid. I have one address now. But look, um, Charlemagne, <laughs> Envy, Angela, circling back. You heard what he said. He needs to be at the breakfast club. You know, no shade over here, but make it happen. Yeah. Always love, always support. And um, thank you, man. Send my love to your family. Definitely. Can I, can I like say something at the end? Is that cool? Yeah. Thank you so much, man, for being a great friend, for being a great person. Thank you for what you do for the culture and the people that you support. You change the environment of so much, Jay. Thank you, you don't even think you realize it. TV, radio, music, movies, you're everywhere. Mm-hmm. There's nobody that's doing what you're doing. And you are going to be one of the most successful friends that I know. And that's why I'm so thankful to have you. Remember I said that. Oh, I'll, I'll remember. Because you're already rich. But I mean, like, when you're rich, like, rich, rich, like, just, you know, throwing money off and being like, <laughs> kids, you can't even be in my world. I'm getting too much money. Well, I'm rich in spirit. And I feel like when you're rich in spirit, <laughs> first of all, I received that. Um, I feel like when you're rich in spirit, it all translates because the money comes and goes. I remember I was saying recently, Floyd Mayweather said to me, hey, you're going to get the cars, the houses, you're going to get the jewelry, you're going to get this. You're going to be in love with everybody you want to be in love with. But the money and all that is not going to make you happy. Then when you get the money, you get the house, you get the jewelry, you get the cars, you're like, damn, I'm even more stressed and not happy now. Yes. So having the right people around, the U's, the, the, the Floyds and the Cardis, the people who are Tiffany's who fill you up personally, not because they want some. You know, We don't talk about celebrities or industry or getting on the shows or this or that. Like We literally just talk about like, hey, man, keep working out. Like, keep, congratulations. And, um, and I appreciate that. I thank you I appreciate that. you, man. Yo, and if you were single, no, I'm just, I'm not even going to go there. Look at this dude. Shout out to you, Kayla, the whole family. Shout out to the kids. I'm so proud of everything you guys are doing. And I love how you Mama support K. your girl and her, her brand. Um, yeah, wanna... KV Body Tea. Make yeah. sure you guys go check out. I know they have a new launch that's coming. We're going to have to get you some of that stuff to you. Yeah, I love all of that. Definitely. All right, but until then, we out. Peace.